Welcome. To Arcade Audio. Welcome to this week's episode of Married with Movies. I'm one of your hosts, Samantha Mullet. Sitting next to me on the couch is your other host, my beautiful husband, Chris Mullet. Fucking corny. You know that? You're a corny motherfucker. <laughs> that could have gone a completely different way. I'm glad it didn't since this is our Hanukkah episode. <laughs> so I really appreciate you. Happy Hanukkah, everybody. Acknowledging that. Happy Hanukkah. Gather the family and get your latkes out. It's Hanukkah time. I nailed that, right? That's Hanukkah. How many Adam Sandler Hanukkah songs have you listened to that that's all that you've gleaned from Hanukkah? Don't listen to an Adam Sandler song to dictate your Hanukkah. I'm just going to tell you that the Three Stooges and Rod Carew are Jewish. And I don't remember anything from Eight Crazy Nights on fucking purpose, because that's one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Yeah, but that's the story That's why I'm in charge of nominating Hanukkah movies from now on. That's bullshit. No, we're going to trade off. So, I love that... Great, yeah. All the Hanukkah movies. I love that Hanukkah is over a week, and we only do one of us pick the Hanukkah movie, whereas we have, like, three weeks of Christmas bonanza, as it should be. I don't know why I'm complaining. That's exactly the way I want it. Fuck you. <laughs> so, the only Hanukkah movies I can nominate are things about fucking World War II and the war. But they're, they're movies about Jews being awesome. Exactly. So, that's, that's why I did it. Because I have two awesome Jews in my life. Well, multiple. And I have you and Jillian. Well, and the rest of my family. They're not all awesome. Uh, <laughs> it's <sighs> December 1st. 2018, so we're recording this uh, early, because uh, it's uh, 4 o'clock in the afternoon, our daughter finally fell asleep after not wanting to nap all day, because guess who was home alone with her? 24 days till Christmas. Great. Uh, um, <laughs> so Hanukkah starts tomorrow, so we're going to take the opportunity to sneak in a little episode. We gotta do what we can we when we can do it. Gotta, gotta... Hashtag... Get- Parenting. We have, we have maybe the the highest pile we've had ever ever on our TV. Well, that's because oh. Rocky takes up like well, and also four. because we've planned so much out. We did. We have. We, we, we have the next three weeks of po- four weeks of podcast planned because the in four weeks from now we're going to be doing our, our nomination show for the the Mullet Awards I from two thousand eighteen. Um, also, my brainchild. If we yeah, you've, you've done a great job. It's been a lot of fun this year going back and doing all the retroactive ones. So the voting for the 2018 Mullet Awards is closed. Oh, 2014 Mullet Awards is closed. We're actually going to be recording those results immediately after this podcast. If you're interested and you're not a subscriber on Patreon, 
go over to patreon.com slash arcade audio for five dollars a month you get bonus content you can listen to the results show there and find out who won for the 2014 mullet awards um all the 2018 awards and all awards for future years will be on our regular feed but we are going to be doing some new different um patreon exclusive episodes um, over 2019, Samantha has some more ideas there. Plus, you never know if we have friends over that we're watching movies that we don't physically own. That's where those will also take place at. So be um, keeping your eyes and ears glued to Patreon. But in the meantime, um, we haven't had much else go on. We're going to go... I think we said we were going to have an update in terms of going to see movies for people this week. We're not going to do that until tomorrow. So we actually... Yeah, so we'll have to wait until next week's episode for our um, our thoughts on that film. Nothing else, right, you can think of going on? Just a lot of holiday preparation. Holiday prep. Wrapping work. a bunch of presents. Mm-hmm. We're watching a ton of movies like on TV because it's holiday movie season, so, but they're all the things like we've watched. We watched like Jingle All the Way twice already, which is great. Yeah, my white box. Best part. Best line in cinema history. Former uh, best scene in a movie nominee. Did not win. What what beat it? I don't remember what year we watched. Jingle all the way. I think it was 2016. So I think... Uh, actually, hold on. It's on the website. Now I'm just curious. It's bad enough that you fucking forced Space Jam into winning with that stealing the player's powers scene, which was ridiculous. Um, How did, I did not manipulate that. It does. It shouldn't have been nominated. Why? And then it's a great people, scene. And then people just felt it's a great bad scene. for your bad picks they voted no, for. No, or it. they thought, oh my god, you're right, that's a great scene. Yeah, we watched it in 2016. The best scene of 2016 was uh, The Wizard of Oz. Okay. So you still... Okay, alright. And this is spooky. Somebody's ears are ringing because Steve Riel just texted me um, saying, uh, we set our DVR to record Jingle All the Way. Parentheses, the greatest holiday movie of all time. The movie poster description cast everything on the one we set the record said it was the one with Arnold. Tried watching it last night, and all of a sudden, Larry the fucking cable guy pops up. It was Jingle All the Way 2. Oh my god. <laughs> a, a movie we will never do on this show. No, never. And I'm still so fucking curious about it, because uh, former WWE superstar Santino Marella is in it. As, like, a main character. Yeah, yeah, he's Jingle. <laughs> Hello, I'm Jingle. That's not Santino. Fuck, man. Uh, Why are you so terrible? Look what I have to deal with. So today's episode, uh, Happy Hanukkah to everybody. Uh, I nominated and you selected Inglorious Bastards is our movie, a film by Quentin Tarantino. Also, can I? I don't think we've. I don't know how many of these we've done. I think Jaws was like this. I love these 100 anniversary Blu-rays. It has like a nice, like open, uh, open Flat. box. It's got like trivia, like what was going on at Universal at the time this movie came out. Like you know, other breakdowns of the film, like a timeline. I like it. Nice packaging. I don't have to read it though. I only have to read the uh, the back of the package, which is what I will do right now. Brad Pitt takes no prisoners in Quentin Tarantino's high-octane World War II revenge fantasy Inglorious Bastards. As war rages in Europe, a Nazi scalping squad of American soldiers, known to their enemy as the Bastards, is on a daring mission to take down the leaders of the Third Reich. Bursting with, quote, action, hair-trigger suspense, and a machine-gun spray of killer dialogue, 
says Peter Travers from Rolling Stone. Inglorious Bastards is, quote, another Tarantino masterpiece, says Jake Hamilton from CBS TV. So, our second Tarantino movie? Is that it? We did Pulp Fiction. We've done Pulp Fiction. We haven't done Reservoir Dogs. We haven't done either Kill Bill. Haven't done Django. Haven't done Jackie Brown. Haven't done Hateful Eight. Haven't done any of uh, Grindhouse. Even if you want to go down to like True Romance, any of that kind of stuff. Haven't done anything else. So, um, which is surprising. Not surprising. I don't know. Like, I, I feel like I don't. It's wa- surprising because. I think we've said it before on the show that he's one of our favorite directors. Yeah, we love we him. enjoy his movies. Limited sample size, so that makes sense. Um, yeah. Only reason we watched Pulp Fiction before was because my mom had asked us what, like, had asked me what my favorite movie was. So we watched it, and we just went ahead and did it for the podcast, because... What, what were your mom's thoughts on Pulp Fiction? She actually liked it. She didn't understand a fucking bit of it, but she liked it. Um, Let me... So there was no orange juice in the whole thing. Um, when we when we watched that with your we, your parents were both here, weren't they? Yeah, that was when we were in our apartment. It wasn't. Oh, here. we were in our apartment. That was how long oh, so ago you was. did sit between them on the couch to watch the movie. No, I sat on the other couch with you. We sat on again the couch we get relegated to, like we're the goddamn worst team in a fucking soccer league. Every time they're here, they take our two seats that we sit right in front of the TV. It well, is because we have a movie podcast. It's beautiful. important to us. Perfect, but no, we big can fifty-five sit over inch here. TV. Is that how big our TV is? Fifty-five inches. I think. Sure. I think. Big TV. Um, eventually, I want to upgrade our TV. I think it's it's been... A, nothing's Are happened to it. Are you serious? Because my mom's been asking me and asking me and asking me, and I've told her, no, no. I love our TV. I love it. And I don't want to... Wait till we move. I don't want to spend any money on I it. I just got it attached. I just had them secure well, it. Well, especially now. <laughs> um, well, because now they have, like, the 4K stuff and, like, smart TVs and everything like that. You're and kidding, there's a right? good deal. What? Because my parents were to bought one for us. It was like three hundred dollars. I didn't know. I know they've had sales and stuff, but then we'd have to get a new stand probably if it's any bigger. I love our TV. Let's not talk about it's... this on the show. Let's let's save the show <laughs> off the air, please, because we're about to have a big ass <laughs> argument. There's Keep... no reason to get a new TV when this TV works fine. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Um... You shut the fuck up. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> meanwhile, we get kicked out of our own couch when our parents are here. Um, we should so get a big-ass sectional couch. Upgrade we, our couch. We should get one couch and they don't come over. That's <laughs> what we should do. Um, they So anyway, so that's the only movie we had seen. So we've never drawn one. I've never nominated another one before. Because I, I feel... I'm always fearful when I nominate things and I don't get picked. Because like, I'm glad we have the movie we should have watched category now. Because it gives something to reprieve. Because I'm scared and I'm also... Like, the chances of it are like, oh, if it doesn't get picked, then God knows when it's going to come out of the box. You know what I mean? Right. So for this, so for this, I picked this in Munich because it was like, well, I'm, I, I, I've seen Glorious Bastards plenty on TV, so I, and I love it. I, just up front, we both love this movie and think it's absolutely fantastic. Um, in Munich, I think I've only ever seen, like, twice, and I really would want to I don't to think re- I've ever seen Munich. I would love to re- re-watch it because it's been so long, um, and it's also great. Um, so that kind of went into, I think, the mindset of why we haven't covered as much Tarantino. But, uh, yeah, this, in the scope of Tarantino films, this is my number two after Pulp Fiction. This is my favorite tar- non-Pulp Fiction Tarantino movie. What about you? Um, I mean, I have my ranking in my head. Like, I could just say it, but I'll... I'll... Yeah, I think that this ranks very high up there. I have, I would have to... 
rewatch all of them to give you a definitive mm-hmm. ranking. Like consciously know I'm ranking them, not just enjoying them. So I would really need to. Um, well, anytime I rank anything, my rankings are always a combination of best slash favorite. Anytime I rank, yeah, almost, yeah. Like if you give me the best, I could do it. If you give me my favorite, I could do it. They're gonna pretty much to me be the same. Right. Especially for Tarantino. For other directors, it might not be. It might be different. Like I can recognize that a Christopher Nolan movie, like like Memento, for instance, is probably mm-hmm. a better film, like in terms of a filmmaking than what's an example? Fucking, I was just like Dark Knight Rises. But that's not right. You know, you know what I mean. But like in terms of like my enjoyment of it, I might like watching something else because it's more yeah. fun to watch. So for me, it goes Pulp Fiction, Inglorious Bastards. I'm going to split the Kill Bills up, because you can, they are two separate movies. Well, but a lot of people rank them together. Yeah. Um, Kill Bill 1, Django, Kill Bill 2, Reservoir Dogs. See, I don't think I've seen some of them enough. Jackie Brown, Hateful Eight. I didn't miss anything, did I? I don't. Say them again? Oh, let me just do them in order. So Reservoir Dogs was first, then Pulp Fiction, then Jackie Brown, then Kill Bill 1 and 2. Then Bastards, then Django, then Hateful Eight. I'm not counting fucking Death Proof, because uh, Death Proof's at the bottom if it is. Um, am I really loving? Shows how big fans we are. Writer or director? Directing, just directing. Because I'm not counting like True Romance or fucking anything else. Yeah, so directing wise. Oh, I'm blanking on this right now. Wait, so, so wait, same, same again? So, same again? So, Reservoir Dogs. Well, Pulp Fiction. Okay, Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction. Jackie Brown. Jackie Brown. Kill Bill 1 and 2. Kill Bill 1 and 2. Oh, you know, I, did, I only did one finger for, for each one, for Kill Bill 1 and 2. Uh-huh. And then Bastards. Well, then Grindhouse Death Proof. Yeah, but Bastards, Bastards. Django, Hateful Eight. That's why I got confused. Because I knew there was eight, but I only put one finger up for Kill Bill 1 and 2. So, that's why I fucked it up. Um, you're stupid. What, what the comment? That's an easy mistake, because people can sometimes put them as one entity. Um, I love it. Uh, I. It's the end of it, and Brad Pitt saying, "You know, this might just be my masterpiece." I feel like that's Tarantino's words. Tarantino talking, yeah. Saying it himself. It's it just delivers. It's maybe like the best performed of his movies in terms of a cast, I, which is saying something for Pulp Fiction. I, but I agree with that. How many times have we talked on this podcast in general conversation with friends, you know what it is, that there are some gaping bad performances in Pulp Blueberry Fiction. Blueberry pie. Blueberry pie. And, you know, Honey, uh, Honey Bunny and fucking yeah. Julia Sweeney's yeah. two lines. You know, like, there's one person in this who is going to be my LVP nominee and besides that, there's like... But that's not fair, because you're not going to nominate him for his acting ability. Absolutely, I am. Um, <laughs> absolutely, I am. Uh, you're an asshole. I don't even know if we're talking about the same person. We probably. I'm are. pretty sure we uh, are. <coughs> it's expertly performed. My only critique of it, besides that one person's performance, would be that it's the same Tarantino formula... Like, you know, having the chapters and, you know, the, this one doesn't really have like a, a different, like it's, it's told sequentially sequentially, rather than than going back and forth, you know, nonlinear. Um, 
that would be my only critique and that like it it felt like a crutch like you didn't even need to do it Mm. Um, but everything ties in together so well I love like the revisionist history of it I normally those things kind of bother me but it's it's exactly the type of style and film that he makes is this like pulpy you know ultra violent but incredibly clever and talky fucking movie Mm -hmm. um each segment has its own purpose and, and its own like high point. Like um, when we watched it, um, we did it over the course of two days because it is two and a half. It's maybe the quickest two and a half hour movie you'll ever watch. It flies by. It's a lot of action, but it's well spaced action. Well, th- there's so a like l- the the lulls in between, like the shooting and the blow ups and mm. this and that. I mean, are filled with. Interesting conversation. Like, there's good. there's big there's big ass there's what there's the, the opening scene at Lapidite's like farm. There's the the sh- like this all the talking in the 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 bar basement. There's you know the first introduction of the bastards and them talking to the different soldiers. Mm-hmm. There's the setup of Operation Kino. There's Christoph Waltz. You know coming up with the idea mm-hmm. to solve everything. Mm-hmm. There's the scene in the restaurant with him and um, uh, Shoshana. There's another, there's like the two or three, not as long, but still Shoshana and Zoller talking. So it's about like eight right there. Like yeah, there's a lot. Nothing but dialogue, conversation heavy Tarantino scenes. But they but don't feel like talking they, heads. They just fly they, right by yeah. and they are just as much fun to watch as anything else. Um, yeah, so it, it it never feels long. It, it honestly feels short. Like, I could go another 20 minutes of it. But it also, in each of those things, there's something that stands out. Mm-hmm. Whether it be, let me just go back through those conversations and say, I mean, the first scene is fucking... I mean, it just sets it up so killer. well. And it really just speaks to... The, the travesty that was happening at that time yeah. with these people who were trying to do the right thing and hide, um, you know, their friends, their neighbors, neighbors these people who they've lived Whoever, yeah. lived with and lived mm-hmm. around, trying to hide them from being slaughtered, basically, um, for no reason. And just, like, the intense pressure that they feel. And that scene... And that story is so true for so many things. I'm sorry, I'm probably going to start crying on this podcast. I already feel it mm-hmm. coming. Um, but it's so it it just speaks so well to the reality of it. I know you said before that this is like an altered history. But that part is so real and so true. Like that they hid altered under the, the floorboards. They yeah. hid wherever they could hide. Anyone would hide them. And some people... W- wouldn't give it up you Mm -hmm. know like like at all and some people did unfortunately but you know to be honest like you can't because of how they were being persecuted like it says right there like like we'll leave you alone right like but then making threats to their family Mm -hmm. to you know it it, and it it's a tough moral and ethical decision like where do you draw the line and it's so terrible that that's had Mm -hmm. to happen in this world um and uh and not even like this like this is 70 almost 80 years ago like it's in 
lifetimes of people that we know and are, you know, whatever it may be. But, um... I'm sorry. That's okay. You're good. You're good. You're good. I think yeah, we've talked about the Holocaust a lot when we did Schindler's List and everything, and people know how emotional I get. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Keep going. You're good. You're good. <laughs> but then that's juxtaposed against... This fictional character. Charming. Who is like the most charming, evil, brilliant. Yeah. Such a good villain. Like such a good villain. And you know, we talk about this a lot when we do, when we have movies and things like, or like even TV shows mm -hmm. and stuff like, oh my God, like I hate them. Like they do such a good job being that character and bringing that character to life. I'm writing his name down now, by the way. Well, you ain't going to win that argument. Christoph Waltz is the MVP of this movie. A river dare, G. Brad Pitt is fantastic. He's really good in it. Christoph Waltz is the MVP but of this I, movie. I, even though that may be the case, I think we still do have to talk about some of the other people who Oh, we're going to talk about how great, great they are anyway. This is this is so this a was, best this, cast this, nominee movie. Oh, yeah, this like, is an ensemble movie for sure. Yeah. This movie, like, really... I don't think I've ever seen Christoph Waltz in anything before this, right? No, I mean, yeah, he this was, was his breakout. Well, yeah, he was an actor who honestly was looking to like like get out of acting, and he was in a lot of like probably like in his country. I think he's he's Austrian or whatever country he's from. He was largely you know only in those films, and this movie almost didn't get made because Tarantino couldn't find somebody to be Hans Landa. His original choice was Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, this because, would have been such a different movie. Because, A, he always wanted to work with DiCaprio, and he felt DiCaprio was the only actor that could have pulled it off. And we see in Django, he pulled off a similar character in similar? Calvin Candy. Mm-hmm. I don't think DiCaprio could you have done this. You want some candy? That's not that character. I know. <laughs> Although, now I do want to see Calvin Candy and Wreck-It Ralph, and King Candy and Django Unchained. <laughs> I'm not going to say anything I can say <laughs> for either character right now. Um, oh. but, but, yeah, like, it's... I kind of forgot my, my point that I was going to say earlier. Kristoff. Why? We were on that. Um, but yeah, it's this character who... Oh, that's what I was going to say. Was I, I'm sad they don't do the AFI lists anymore. They haven't done them in over 10 years. Or like like kept updating them every 10 years. Because like to me, Hans, Lan- Hans Landa is like one of the 10 greatest movie villains of all time. Like The fact that this character... Is so evil, but like you said, like you, it's not you don't root for him, but you look forward to seeing what he does next. I mean, he just takes it to another. And then you see like how selfish and arrogant and brilliant he is, and that like he's literally willing to like lose the war for his side just so he set off for the rest of his life, and as as well done as the ending is and that it shows you like that you know bad people do get their comeuppance at the end and mm-hmm. have to live with it with uh, live with what they've done for the rest of their lives you're still almost kind of sad when it happens right like like it's great to see how much agony and pain he's in because of what he's done but like fuck like what if he I go back to No Country for Old Men is like Anton Chigurh just kind of like walks away at the end sure he's been almost crippled, but, like, he's still chugging along. 
So who knows what else he's going to do. Like, you don't get that with, with Hans Honda, but you, you you shouldn't. Right. But that's just how good Christoph Waltz is. Yeah, I, I, I'm i going to write him down because there's no other answer here. There's there's plenty of 1B, 1Cs, maybe 1Ds and 1Es. He's 1A in capital letters. Okay. I remember watching, I, I forget who saw this first. I want to say it was like either Andrew or... Somebody else whose opinions I, I, I trust pretty well in movies. And they put, like, a Facebook post or a text to me about it. It was like, yo, like, he, like, this is legit. Because he'd also, I think he won, like, the best actor in con or, like, had already some buzz about it, but nobody knew who the fuck he was. Right. And thought it was, oh, well, it's con. Like, they're going to cater to Tarantino. And then it came out and was like, yo, who the fuck is this guy? This guy's amazing. Yeah. And then And then he became the villain and everything. Um, and then... He's he's just like Samuel L. Jackson. He's just like uh, Michael Madsen or Tim Roth. Like certain guys just get fucking Tarantino, and as evident by him winning another Oscar in Django, like he crushes mm-hmm. everything, and he particularly crushes this movie, um, and makes it so enjoyable. But you're absolutely right. Like you could make an argument. I think for a lot of other people. You can. And I think that we can't really talk more about this movie without getting into those. Well, so I already kind of talked about what I didn't like. Is there anything you don't like about the movie? I, t- I kind of talked about the, the the Tarantino formula continuing. And there you could nitpick on a couple I things. I liked that, though. I don't think that that was... That was it's, it's a very minor nitpick. I don't think that that was anything. I, I, I liked how it separated it, the chapters and everything like that. I thought that, that was fine. There's certain um, outcomes in the movie that I... like. That's a good problem to have with the movie. It's like, yeah. oh man, I wish like this didn't happen. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't like how like the Shoshana thing goes down. It is tragic in that like... I mean, she does take down the whole Nazi party, essentially, on top of, like, the, the bastard's plan. But, like, she doesn't get a chance to see it. Like, she does it, but, like, she yeah. gets taken out I didn't like that whole Zoller, Shoshana, unrequited love story. Yeah, I mean, it... It, it was, but... It's, pro- it's probably my, the one... It was a layer, you know? It's it the was... one plot point that I could have done without. I agree yeah. with you, and I agree mm-hmm. with you in that regard. Um... Otherwise, I mean, there's not a whole lot. I did not like about. I did not not like about this movie. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm the same way. Um, so I mean, we could talk about what I did like. Mm-hmm. Well, my favorite scene is what I made us watch Th- twice. That's what we were getting. That's what we were getting back. That's what we were getting to when we started. Was yeah. well, I was saying like each of these segments, like there's so much you want to like experience or see. So we were like wrapping Christmas presents for uh, Jillian and uh, friends and whatever while we were watching this movie, and it got to the um the bar scene. The bar scene. And, like, we were... We stopped. <laughs> we just stopped what we were doing and just watched the fucking scene. And then we we kind of... No, the first night, we were, the scene was, about, like, starting, but not really, like... And we had to go to getting bed. Getting into it a lot. And we're like, all right, let's pause here, and then we'll watch it again Yeah, because we have to go to bed, because yeah. you have to get up for work and everything. So, so that's what we did. But then we just restarted the scene. Basically. Um yesterday and watched it and it, it's probably my favorite scene in the movie mm-hmm. um i love the introduction of uh hammersmark bridget von hammersmark yeah and then I, playing I, the game and then them playing the game and then the other soldiers and, and Wilhelm, the giveaway baby. i just love it samantha will never be outed I'm, as a non german but i'm not german I and i don't want to be associated with this being a oh, German. I'm going to try to get out of my body real quick and ask me the question. How many glasses? 
So I would do it like this. See, you do it like that, but that's... I would do it like 3D. Like, I would do it... Sorry, that's a shitty wrestling reference. Okay. The okay three is how I call it. It's like, the three here, this is what I would do. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I get this a lot. I don't think I, I do this a lot. I feel like I used to do this a lot. This is just unnatural to me. That, yeah. This is so unnatural Doing, to like, me. your thumb, your forefinger... This is your like you're saying finger. goodbye in a shitty early 90s movie. Like, hey, later. <laughs> this is later three. I know, but I don't this know. This is stick up three. This, this is okay three. Since we watch this, I just keep doing it as a three. But I... And I don't know why, because I'm not German. I don't like to be German. Like, I play Sid Meier Civilization game, and I never play as the Germans. My Nerd. mother... My mother and I both, we will never play as the Germans. Well, I think you guys have a fair reason well, behind I it. No, but I'm like, I don't want to, like, be associated at all, you know? But, um, yeah, I just love that scene. I think Michael Fassbender does a phenomenal job. Fassbender, this is his coming out party, too. Not that he was already doing, like, again, like, foreign, not foreign language films, but doing, like, I think Hunger, the the Steve McQueen movie he did was before this. It was kind of like where he was discovered. Yeah, Fazbender's I mean, great. I mean, he's great. He's I not lo- even in it that much. Like, really, he's it's not. It's like this scene. It's, a, it's, a t- it's really. the two scenes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like this is the big one, but I just love that juxtaposition, and I love that guy who played the- August Deal. Uh, he plays like the the officer. That he guy did is, a that guy's great awesome. job. He is very good. What else good. has he been in? I looked. I literally looked it up when we were watching it. He was in a couple things, but nothing major, nothing major like that we've seen. Like... Hold on, I'm trying to get everybody's fucking deal down. Not to steal the guy's name's August Deal. He was in The Counterfeiters, Ooh. which was a, an Academy Award winning Austrian film. Um, he was in Salt. Um, but again, not, not a lot. He's German, as, as obvious. Obvious. Uh, Fazbender is is Irish, and he's yeah, he was on that. Band of Brothers already, and yeah, Hunger was in two thousand eight. So yeah, around that time was that, and then Waltz is come on is German Austrian. Yeah, he's Austrian. Yeah, and again had been doing things before, but never Not really anything. Yeah, n- never anything anybody knew about. Um, and then you have, uh, yeah, but then after, okay. And even the women, like, so Diane Kruger and Melanie Laurent, who each have done some things. Some things. One of them is married or dating Norman Reedus, I think. Uh, Diane Kruger. Kruger. She was dating Joshua Jackson for like 10 years. And then now she's dating Norman Reedus. She's going to fuck anybody that's in movies? Uh, (laughs) They both have been in movies. Yeah, then they. Just wait till the end of this podcast. And then they, oh, jeez. And then. (laughs) Fuck, Really? You told me to get more creative with my nominations. <laughs> I didn't know you were going to touch on it now. Why do you care who Diane Kruger's fucking? I mean, come on. Get less creative with your nominations. Uh, okay, I could do that well, too. Well, let me, let me rescind that. Uh, I'll have two options for you. Okay? Let me rescind that. Uh, guys who found out they were better in television shows because of the movies they were in, as we'll probably find out later on. Except Joshua Jack- Jackson did film after his TV shows, and then he went back to TV. Whatever. Um... Then you have like oh no he did movies then TV then Till, movies then TV Till Schweiger is German, um, it's Hugo Stieglitz one of my favorite like tertiary movie characters like, ever hilarious that whole introduction and he how he's just sitting there when they break him out of prison I like I like the stylized I like the style in this movie in yeah. terms of like Tarantino like okay sure it's a a period piece largely because it's a World War Two movie but it's still being in fucking self and like. Even, like, the, the shitty, like, little, like, arrows and graphics pointing out, like, who the SS officers are, like, during 
the movie premiere and just that mm-hmm. and then like the name of him and then him having the flashbacks like when he's like trying not to fucking like like s- kill shoot somebody. this guy in the nuts now right right um, and then is, we didn't talk about Brad Pitt yet yeah no Brad Pitt's great Arrivederci. Arrivederci. Grazie. Grazie. Yeah, it's... I just... It's an over-the-top performance, but it's the right type of over-the-top performance. Exactly, exactly. It's like the right kind of character, and I think that that it's so different than things that we've seen from him previously. I think the later and later in Brad Pitt's career, we have a lot of Brad Pitt movies, and I know that we'll talk about them we'll and get to them. We'll watch at least three because of Ocean's the Eleven, Ocean's and he won one MVP, I think, Yeah, I mean, he's almost a, was LVP of another one. He's a great actor, but we have so many of he's his very good. early works as well where he doesn't get to have the fun that I think he really had in this Yeah, and some of the like later things that we've seen him in, like which I'm really happy about because I think he's a great like comedic, slash serious actor, you yeah. know? Um, but I I just am really... I just really thought it was... When I first heard, like, all those accents, I was like, oh, my God, this is going to be terrible. But, I mean, yeah, it the, makes sense. The first, trailer, <laughs> the first trailer you ever saw for it is very weird, you know, and there's and they don't even go into, like, the backstory of, like, what you kind of kind of assume for that character. You know very little about him, and, like, his whole crew has this mythical status, but not really, like, him. It's obvious he's, like like, survived a hanging... Because yeah. he's got this big ass scar on his neck, or he had like his throat slit or something. Um, did you ever hear? Did you read the story about how he got to be in this movie? No. So him and Tarantino obviously are friends because they've done True Romance, you know, together, or familiar with each other's work, and he's going to be in the next Tarantino movie that comes Once out next summer. Once upon a time in Hollywood. Um, so like he was like, I, you know, I want to pitch you like being in this movie. So he went over to Tarantino's place, and the next thing Brad Pitt knows, he wakes up. There's like five. It might be exaggerated. Anywhere from like two to five bottles of empty wine on the floor. And Turner's like, cool, great. I can't wait to you to do this. You, he's like, what? And he's like, oh, you agreed to do the movie last night. <laughs> that's all Brad Pitt remembers, so he did it. <laughs> that's I'm, hilarious. I'm pretty sure that's like basically the gist of the story. Was like, that's he woke hilarious. up and Tarantino was like, yeah, you're doing the movie. <laughs> so, but I mean, yeah, he does a, he does a fantastic job. Um, all the women are the, like I said, the, the scene of Shoshana, like, meeting Goebbels. Oh, my and like, God. Like, oh, my, I just got goosebumps. Just, yeah, just, like, her just, like, recognizing the person that killed, killed her, her whole, whole family. family and having to sit there. Oh and and also her being the only one to, like, evade him, right? Like, he that gets... That we saw. He gets every... Well, like, even not evade him in, like, capture then, but, like... He's so keen on his research and his detective mm-hmm. skills that you see him figure out Hammersmark, figure out the bastards, figure out La Petite, like figuring everything out. And like you have that moment where it's like, oh fuck, when he's like, there was one other thing. But I just can't for the life of me remember it. Like, like you're like, oh shit, here it comes. And then yeah. like he and he never knows. He never figures out. She gets away with that, which is nice. And then her reaction afterwards of like, holy shit, I just got through that. What the fuck? You no, know. and just, like, like the despair that she felt and, like, the terror yeah. of being there. And that, that, like, I have goosebumps everywhere now talking about it. I mm. had goosebumps watching it. It was just crazy. Yeah, it, it is absolutely um, crazy. Um, so she does a great job. Diana Kruger does a great job. Um, even characters you don't 
or even so, I love Daniel Bruhl. I think Daniel Bruhl is like he did a great, great job. actor. I really liked how even keel he was through the whole thing, Until and the then end. the end, he just explodes and like forces away into like the projection room yeah. and stuff. I really liked that character arc and everything. Mm-hmm. I just didn't really like the love story yeah, aspect sure, of sure, it, sure. but. Um, Mike Myers is even good. He's out I of. I forgot Mike Myers. Was he's out of place. I'm I'm getting yeah. tired of seeing Mike Myers out of place in movies, because uh, it's this Bohemian Rhapsody that we just saw. He also is out of place. I mean that that's an Easter egg, but he also he, he always does a good job in it. But it's just like it always takes me out of it ever so slightly. I'm like, what the fuck's Mike Myers in this? Yeah. I mean he's doing all right, but just don't get Mike Myers. <laughs> like it's just weird. You know what I mean? Uh, and even Easter eggs in this, you got uh, the random Samuel Jackson voiceover, Harvey Keitel's voiceover on the phone, like that kind of stuff. And is... I love how I know you so well that what? 35 minutes ago, I knew exactly who you were going to say you did not like in this movie. Who's my LVP? Eli Roth. Absolutely. I know. I know you so well. Absolutely. And just you listing everybody but him. I didn't think he did that bad. Don't write him down. Oh, I wrote him down. Don't who write who him else? Down yet. Who else? Oh, I will. I will fight this to the end of time. He's the LVP of the movie. Tell me why. So I have many reasons why. So because I, I, I have more problems with the movie, and it's him. He's the, like an incredibly unrealistic fucking actor. He just because he's called the Bear Jew. No. Well, and he beats somebody's actually, head you know in with what? a bat. You know what? Yeah. Well, that part's not realistic because it's all he is is in the fucking like grindhouse torture porn shit. Um, even though he, didn't he just make like some weird ass movie? It was like Eli Ross. Oh yeah, he made the house with a clock on its wall. Um. Yeah, and then he just had that horror thing that was on. The horror show, yeah, yeah. That horror show. So he has incredibly awful facial expressions throughout the entire movie. Where it makes it sound like he's getting a boner every single time he does these things. But for as like ominous as that character is supposed to be, and you hear like the officers talking about it. Like, they, they're thinking he's a fucking golem, you know. And then he comes out, like, there's not a bigger disappointment, like, to me in film history, as as much as so this movie is, like, building up the bear Jew. And all of a sudden, Eli Roth walks out. Who would his, you have rather it And his wife beater. So, so I'm going to tell you who originally almost got that part. Don't tell me, because it's going to ruin it for me. Oh, it's absolutely going to ruin it, too, even though I'm very curious about it. And then I'll try to come up with an actual answer. So... Tarantino wanted to make this movie for a very, very long time. And his original choice for Donnie Donowitz, the bear chew, was Adam Sandler. <laughs> Call back to our last Hanukkah. That would have been worse, I think. Um, well, it would have been worse. The initial moment, absolutely. It would have been awful. I feel like he would have nailed it, though. I can No, he- I don't like Adam Sandler in his serious roles. See, I don't mind it. If he mm. if he's doing a good job, and I can see him being like, I can see him like in that like angry Adam Sandler face, like so you get off killing Jews, like and I feel he would have killed it, better than like Eli Roth stilted. I just didn't like his eyes popping out of his face, which is which is all of his reactions. He always does that, and then his over exaggerated Mark Wahlberg accent after he you know, talking about Teddy Williams and the Boston Red, Red Sox, and he's just oh he's. Bad. He's just always been bad. It's always bothered me from the first time I saw this movie till now, and now I just notice it even more. Yeah, he makes really. There's even that part when so the first bastard scene, right? When Brad Pitt's talking about like 
what they're going to be doing. And it randomly cuts Eli Roth, and he has, like, this creepy Joker smile where he's, like, like, like getting, like, so fucking hard about... Coming in his pain. About scalping Nazis, you know? <laughs> it's, it's, it's just awful choices all around. Um, I'm glad he blows up at the end. And so the other guy, Omar, I kind of like, who's, like, never been in anything. Literally, I think he's just one of Eli Roth's fucking butt buddies. buddies. Yeah. Um... And he's, I think he's funny. I think he's cool. The fact that he nails the Italian pronunciation better than anybody. Dominic de Coco. Is that again? Dominic de Coco. Excellent. You're good. <laughs> You're cool. Uh, the hands on it was just like, this guy's fucking good. You know, I'm just, he's I'm Italian. Gonna, I'm going to fuck with him. They got a real Italian. Um, but like when they're, the whole big shootout at the end of the cinema and they're, you know, basically this like suicide mission, you know, the way they're acting towards it, again, like Omar feels like he's in the moment and you know doing a good job but then like it does like these slow motion like machine gun like shots of Eli Roth it just takes me out of it at, in those moments because it just he doesn't look believable in it he feels like I'm in a movie and I'm being cool and a badass and you know sure. whatever um, he also made the Nation's Pride movie that's in it um, he's the one that like directed that and again I don't think that's necessarily the best part of the movie either so um did you have anybody else in mind? No. <laughs> Fuck you. He just wanted... He just wanted you to stand on a soapbox for a little bit there. Well, it's, there's other characters that um, I want to make sure we get to. I, the, this is a sentence you should never say. I like the guy that played Hitler. Um, if, if you're going to be like, you did good at Hitler, that guy does good at Hitler. He also did it because he did a good... Don't put jo- that on your resume. I do a really good Hitler. Cool. This is a kid's birthday party. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, like... He did, he did good in that he obviously looked believable. He was very angry and kind of like, mm. but yeah. also he had like good comedic moments too. Like, I don't know why I like when like the guy's saying like, oh, we have a private butts here to see. He's like, who and what is a private butts? And it's like the guy who had the encounter and then he's like super nice to the guy and he goes, oh yeah, I'm so sorry about that. Thank you so much. Yes, please send him in. <laughs> it's like, you're Hitler. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? And then like his over the top laughter and exaggeration. Yeah. Uh, like, you know, yeah. that stuff. I like the guy who played Gobbles, yeah. Gobbles? Like, he was even more evil gobble, than... Gobble, Gobble. Uh, Joseph Gobble Gobbles. Um, <laughs> the Gobbly Gobble? Uh, Joseph Gobbly Gooker. Um, <laughs> he was even more evil than fucking Hitler, you know? But, uh, yeah, great facial expressions, wonderful performance. Mm-hmm. Um, who else are we missing? Um, even, like, smaller bits, like... Um, Marcel. B- uh, yeah, Marcel. I was the first one I was going to say. BJ Novak as um, Udovich, the little man. You know, like, these, like, little bit parts. What do you mean they call me the little man? I mean, fucking you little. Um, they all just add up to make this wonderful experience. Um, yeah, I love this movie. I love this movie. Yeah, so do I. Um, there's something else I was going to mention. I, I feel like I was missing. Um... I feel like me. I just had a hands on a moment myself. I, I, for life of me, I can't recall. Um, it's sad that we might be nearing the end of our Tarantino, because he's gone on record as saying he's only ever going to make ten movies, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood's nine. Um, and then there's that rumor or report that he was going to be doing a Star Trek movie because he wanted to. I don't to. know, but he also wants to do a prequel to this movie, so I don't know. He, there's so many movies over the course. We were always supposed to get a a, a Vega Brothers prequel with. 
Well, Travolta and Michael Madsen. We'll see. We were supposed to get a bunch of stuff with him, and we, and we never did. I like him in this lane. I, I'm very excited about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood because I hope it is very much in the vein of this as, like, a revisionist history because everyone's expecting it to be, like, it's supposed to, like, be in California during the time of the Manson murders, right? At first, everyone thought it was just going to be, like, a biopic of, like, Manson. But, like, I almost... I'm going to go on the record here saying, like, I'm kind of predicting this is going to be what it is, is like like Inglorious Bastards and in that it's going to have a fictionalized story kind of around that time period mm-hmm. and it's going to actually be like, you know, like when he goes in, because Margot Robbie, I think, is Sharon Tate. Yeah, she is. So I, I almost see oh, it man, as like... it's going to be such a good... I almost yeah. see it as like her killing Manson, like like... Something like that, you know what I mean? Like, a twist in that, like, sure. obviously the war didn't sure, end sure, sure. by us shooting up Hitler's face into fucking ground beef and a, and a movie theater in France, you know what I mean? Yeah. But, like, I almost kind of feel like it's going to be very much in that style and that, and that, um, sorry, my child coughing upstairs is we better wrap distracting this up me. quickly. Um, is, uh, is how it's going to be, um. And I hope that's the case. Even if it's not, I'm still going to be happy, but yeah. that's just kind of my, my mindset and my prediction. I'm very excited for it. Have you seen the full cast of that movie? No, I have not. All right, so I'm going to read that real quick before we before we wrap up here. So it comes out um, comes out July 26th, next summer. Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt are the two leads. Margot Robbie, Damien Lewis from Homeland. Mm. It's going to be Steve McQueen. Luke Perry. Okay, so that's not maybe a good, uh, the best start. Luke Perry is great! Emile Hirsch, Dakota Fanning, Clifton Collins Jr., Al Pacino, Scoot McNary, um, who else? Lena Dunham, a bunch of people I don't know, Rumor Willis, um, Bruce Dern, uh, and unspecified roles, Michael Madsen, Tim Robb, Zoe Bell, Kurt Russell, Timothy Oliphant, James Marston, uh, James Remar, originally Burt Reynolds was supposed to be in it, yeah. but before his scenes could be filmed, he passed away. That's who Bruce Dern replaced. But everyone was also excited about that because he was going to play the character who loaned uh, his like ranch out to Manson. Mm. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be fucking nuts. It's going to be great. It's going to be so good. Excited for it. Anything else on Glorious Bastards? I don't think I mean, so. It's just 40, 40 minutes of gushing. I mean, it's a great movie. So you didn't have any, any other LVP? I'm good for LVP. Yeah. That you yeah, agree with me? Fine. It's good. If you didn't, if you, I mean, if you didn't. I do. I agree. Okay. I agree. Good. Time to score it. Uh, I picked it, so you score it first. It's a 10. Yeah, it's a 10 for me, too. I mean, it's a 10. It's oh, great. 10. Now we have to find a pin for the shadow box. <laughs> I'll have to check the... I don't think we have an Inglorious Bastards pin anywhere. It should be easy to find off of, like, Etsy or something, though. I think we do. We never found a Schindler's List pin. We just put the National Holocaust Museum pin in there. Well, that makes there. sense. Well, that definitely makes sense. If we just have another, like, anti-Nazi pin up there, um, we could always just do that. But, um, I, yeah, I think we we'll have see. something somewhere. We'll, we'll, we'll find one. If not, I have that website I made that Moonlight pin on, so I could just do that. Well. Okay. So Glorious Bastards, our third ten of the year with Moonlighting Up. It was it's been a weird year. <laughs> it's it's been a weird year. If you're looking, um, if you're recapping the year as we're almost done with it, um, so what I do every year now for the awards is I have a, a, a page 
where I have like every score a movie can get one through ten, and I write down on that line what it is. And it's definitely more spread out than usual. Oh wow! Norm like normally like the past couple years like the six to ten range is pretty full, and then the worst movies there's not that much. We've had a lot of really. We've had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen. We've had 23 movies this year that have gotten a five or lower <laughs> versus one, two, We've three, watched four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. Fifty-two 15, 16, movies. 17. Yeah, so literally we've watched more bad no, we've no, because that, that would be uh, forty-six. So but we've watched like basically forty percent of the movies we've watched this year yeah. roughly have been average or worse. So we're ending strong, though. We have a very good ending slate. We do. We have slate, a very good slate besides coming up. potentially Peter Rabbit next week. Although it didn't get horrible reviews. I know, it didn't, so we'll see. You never know. So, again, if you listened last week, you know kind of what our schedule is for the next few weeks. Next week, as we just said, it's Peter Rabbit paying off a bet. And then we're going to go into our two Christmas episodes, Nightmare Before Christmas, that Samantha was able to choose, you know, with no, uh, no qualms. I chose Christmas Story, no qualms there. First episode of 2019 will be our nomination show, and we just drew uh, the Rocky series, which is going to probably be about three episodes as well throughout June, uh, throughout January, whenever we start it. So whatever Samantha's about to nominate, we're not going to get to for a while, probably, but you never know. Things change all the time. So it's your turn to nominate two movies. No restrictions, no anything at all. Okay, so you told me to be more creative with how I nominate movies. So I'm going to take it. And you You're literally picking movies of two people who, who f- fucked Diana Kruger. Diane Kruger. Diane Kruger. Me. That's your creativity. Well, it's like the six degrees of Kevin Bacon, sure. kind of. Sure. So I'm going to be, if I could, I'd nominate the Mighty Ducks series, but, but I cannot. Because we only nominate individual movies, we not series nominate- or franchise. So just like you can't nominate we, the Boondock Saints then because we have both. We of them. own both of them. Yes, we do. Well, that changes things. I've never watched the second one. By all accounts, I probably shouldn't watch the second one. But that changes some things here. Hang on. Yes. Um, and I don't know if we own some of these movies here. I think we do. I'm sure we do. I'm sure we own that. I'm sure we own that one. This is. Um, suspense. This is not suspenseful. I just want you to this say This is it. suspense. Um, do we own Urban Legends? Because I'm do. pretty sure we own Urban Legends. You bought Urban Legend for me because I once told you that I recorded that movie <laughs> during a free preview of Showtime in the hopes it had titties in it, and it didn't, and then I just watched it and liked it because I was a dumb 12-year-old who didn't know what horror movies were. So Urban Legend... I knew that was going to be the Joshua Jackson movie. Literally the only Joshua Jackson movie besides fucking Muddy Ducks that I knew. Well, he's in Cruel Intentions mm-hmm. and stuff, too. All right, what's your Norman Reedus movie? My Norman Reedus movie was going to be The Boondock Saints because I didn't think that we owned the second uh-huh. one. So instead, it's going to be American Gangster, which I'm pretty sure we do own because that's one of my favorite Denzel movies. We don't own American Gangster. We don't own American Gangster? We saw this movie in theater. I love this movie. I did don't not Don't you remember like seeing movie. this? I'm don't I'm not positive. Yes. I we saw this and we both really liked All it. Alright, so do me a favor. So pick another one just in case. And whichever Man, I really like if we this own American one. Gangster, I'll consider it. If it's American Gangster or Urban Legend, I'm picking Urban Legend. Pick another Norman Reedus movie. He was in he was in 
Law and Order SVU in 2006. Yeah, I remember he was the, um, he was like the, the Scientologist who was saying like, don't like oh, yeah, go to yeah, doctors yeah, yeah, yeah. and stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. That's right. Yeah. I do, oh, my God. Yeah, he's like the rock star or I, whatever. That, that's why I like looking through IMDb's because mm-hmm. everyone was in an episode of Law and Order SVU. Yeah. And that was my stalling. Oh, I don't think we on that movie. Do we on the movie Gossip? No, I don't even know what the movie that... What, I feel like that would be an, a movie Augie would have I don't even know what that is. Um, no, Maria isn't in a lot of movies. He's not really in a lot of movies. Um, let's nominate, then, the movie... Oh, Vacation. Series. No, it does. It's not. Doesn't count. Yes, it does. Count. I thought you said it doesn't count because Vaca- it's not directly related to yes, it. Yes, it is. Chevy Chase is Clark Griswold in the movie. It I, absolutely does. What about? We're just watching Urban Legend. This is what's happening now. Cadillac Records. No. <laughs> what about? I really thought we would have owned American Gangster. That's I could fine. be wrong, but I'm almost positive, I'm almost positive we don't. We own it, but that's fine. Um, I'll just nominate. Um, Isn't Joshua Jackson also in Cruel Intentions? I just said that. Before. Oh, you did? Yeah, I said the, when you said that the only other Joshua Jackson movie that you know is The Mighty oh. Ducks, I said no, he's also in Cruel Intentions. Oh, well, if that's what you're nominating, that might totally change my plan. No, I'm not nominating that. I'm going to nominate Urban Why'd you Legend. Why'd pick Urban Legend instead of Cruel Intentions? And the Skulls. We don't have the fucking Skulls! Didn't Augie own half these movies? No! The Laramie Project. No! This is me getting creative. Well, you fucked up my whole thing when you... I didn't know we owned Boondock Saints 2. Who owns the Boondock Saints 2? I love the first Boondock Saints, and I was curious, and I've never gotten around to watching it, because also the reviews Andre. The Seal movie? Yeah. Fuck. It might be one of the... Because we own that, right? It might be part of one of those, like, kid pack things. (laughs) All right, so I pick. pick all right, so I pick Urban Legend. No matter what, here's what I will do. Whatever movie I can find upstairs that qualifies, that has Norman Reedus in it, whether it be American Gangster or fucking. Is he an Andre? Who is he? No, just, no, Joshua Jackson's in oh, Andre. Just fucking nominate Cruel Intentions. No. Why? Because I really want to see you watch Urban Legends. Thank you. Well, I'll still pick Urban Legend over Cruel Intentions. So well, no, because I would like to watch Cruel Intentions at okay, some point. Okay, I'll figure it out. Urban Legend as of right now is the Interim pick. And also, it's going to be right around your birthday that we have to watch it. No, we're still going to be watching. Now we're definitely watching all the Rocky movies in January. Um, Why did you say that? In January. January. Um, <laughs> so I'll, fig- I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. When you go to your fucking Christmas party at night, I'll go stare at our movie collection and figure out what else Norman Reedus has been in. So Urban Legend is probably coming up soon. Because Samantha's getting creative with her picks, everybody. Thank you, you for shut watching. The fuck up. Thank you for, for You're watching. An Thanks for watching, everybody. Thanks for watching. Samantha just hit me in the knee. Thanks for listening to this episode. I always know what you did last summer. Damn it. I was trying to catch you before you swallowed. I hate you so much. Well, I almost killed Samantha saying a movie title last night. Oh, yeah. I, like, legit was choking in the kitchen. Choked. I, like, turned blue. You didn't turn blue. You didn't do anything. Yeah, because I knew you were going to be fine. <laughs> Married Movies, wherever you get your podcast, Apple, Stitcher, Google. Rate, review, and subscribe us. 
marriedofmovies at gmail.com is where you can email us uh, your thoughts about the show. Follow us on all social media, Twitter and Facebook. As I mentioned at the top of the show, patreon.com slash arcadeaudio for this podcast and the other ones um, that you want to support every single month. And just go to arcadeaudio.net for our home base. And yeah. Next week, Peter Rabbit. Thanks, Widden. You better listen to this fucking episode at least. Anything else? Nope. For Mullet. This is Mullet. Signing out for Married with Movies. We'll catch you next time on our couch. Slash the movies. That's a bingo. Just bingo. It's been so long. And I've been putting up fire With gasoline She's eyes so red Red like jungle burning bright Those who feel me near Thank you for playing Arcade Audio. Play more at ArcadeAudio.net.